Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. The hunt is on to bag invasive Burmese pythons in the Everglades. The longest, 19 feet, 125 pounds, recently pulled off the side of a South Florida road. We are going to talk today to the guy who was part of a team who caught the biggest one ever found in the entire state of Florida. I'm Ginger Gadsden. So usually the only pythons on this show are these oh, don't guys say it, don't. right <laughs> here. Uh, but this time we got uh, some extra pythons and we have a dude, yeah, like Ginger said, who caught a 19-footer, the longest. I guess there's there's a, one that was caught that was a bigger weight, but this one is a longer right, well. than any of them. So we've got Jake Willary. He is with Glades Boys. Uh, this is what he does, man. He's just a young dude out there fighting pythons. And so, Jake, my first question to you is at uh, what, uh, 22 years old here? Is that what you are? That's correct, yep. Okay, shouldn't you be going out at night hunting for, like, human ladies instead of these giant python ladies? What's going on? Wow. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I'm a college student, so I have my fair share of bar nights up at Ohio State. But when I'm down here, really the thing I love the most is going out and hunting snakes. So I have a good time doing it. It looks like it's a young man's game, but why are you doing this? What What is it that made you get up one day and said, you know what, I'm gonna hunt snakes? <laughs> I guess watching a lot of Steve Irwin as a kid. Um, I was really like crocodile hunter. Uh, that fascinated me. I've always been fascinated by snakes and other reptiles. And really one day in high school, I heard about the Python problem and how people were going out and solving it. And I became interested in it. And then I started getting interested in this show called Guardians of the Glades. I don't know if you've seen it. This guy, Dusty Crumb, who goes out barefoot hunting these snakes. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So me and my cousin, Steven, decided to do this. And we went for about a year before we actually found our first python. It was very challenging. Uh, these things are harder to spot than most people give you credit for. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that it would have taken you a year to find your first one. You actually take people out, teach them how to hunt for pythons. What are the chances if somebody goes out with you that they're going to find one of these decent sized snakes? During this time of year, it's a really good chance. I would give it about a 75% chance. Um, but so I just don't want anybody to go through what me and Steven went through that first year. We didn't know where to hunt or how to hunt or what lights and gear to use. Um, it wasn't until we met somebody out in one of our spots that actually taught us how to do this. His name's Ed, super nice guy. He taught us our first good spot. And then from then on, we just kept getting better and better at this and, uh, started volunteering with a fellow contractor, uh, who taught us so much about Python hunting. And then we eventually started Glades Boys Python Adventures so we could teach people how to do it and avoid all that work learning how to do this okay it's one thing to know where the sweet spot is for python hunting it's the honey hole thing. for the python yeah it's, yep. it's another thing to actually get out there and get it so your first time getting one of these things tell me what that was like it was an incredible feeling um i just remember going out there and luckily we actually caught it in about the first 10 minutes of hunting um me and my two cousins went out and I just remember driving and hearing that call out from the back of the truck, Python, Python, Python. 
And I just remember finally seeing it in person and thinking that all the hard work finally paid off. It was only about a four and a half footer, but to me, that was a giant snake at the time. Um, <laughs> incredible feeling. I remember smoking a really good cigar that night to celebrate. It was <laughs> one of the best feelings ever. And then finally leading up to this giant snake. We are on your Instagram page. <laughs> your first snake was about the size of the cigar you smoked. And this one was wily. So let, I'm going to play this and kind of guide us through. You're driving along. Was this one just right on the road? It looks like it's on the road. Or did you have to pull it out? It was. Yeah. So uh, we were looking along the sides of the road into the swamp like we usually do. And then I turned my light forward and this guy was just, his head was in the road. I thought it was maybe about a 10 footer. And then we pulled up to it. It was much bigger. <laughs> Look at its mouth. It's wrestling <laughs> yeah, you. It's I, I really didn't want to get bit by it. I was worried. <laughs> it's okay. It's starting to wrap around you. That's some dangerous action right there. And wow. Okay, I, let me play that it, one more time. It looks like it had legs because it, it just kind of almost ginger. That's not how snakes work. They don't have legs. No, it's not. But that thing had a life of its own, a mind of its own. Look! Look at the mouth. Look at the mouth on it. Wow. So at this point, are you excited? Are you terrified? Like, what are you thinking? Because you just have to jump on it without thinking, kind of, huh? The adrenaline was insane. Um, I was with three inexperienced hunters that night, Joe, Isabella, and Soko. And I kind of wanted to show them how it was done. But the full video is about four minutes of us dancing around with this thing, trying to avoid getting bit. So I knew when it gave me that final huge strike, Mm. its head was elongated. One thing to remember is when they're coiled up, they have so much potential energy to strike. So once after they've struck and they're elongated, they don't have any potential energy to get you. So that's your opportunity. You have about a half a second to react. And yeah, it was, I barely remember reaching my hand down to get it. You're not even wearing gloves there. You're just barehanded. Mm -hmm. That's the way to do it. There's a moment (laughs) where you're holding that thing. And its mouth is like this, just facing <laughs> yeah. your face. Yeah. And I just can't imagine what that feels like, my man. That That is pretty, pretty stinking so incredible. I thought this was just a big snake at the time. I thought it would maybe be 16 or 17 feet. I never dreamed that it would actually be the record holder. Um, just incredibly mm. blessed to be able to find it and um, have the strength that night to actually get it under control. So my wild. team really stepped up, helped me out with that. Um, just feel incredibly blessed. That's good. Okay, so where is that snake now? So that snake was donated to science to the Conservancy of Southwest Florida. They were kind enough to let me come for an official measurement and to do some scientific testing on it. And I was privileged enough to go to the lab a few days later and start digging around in the guts and doing some some testing. Um, And I have the skin in my possession. I'm going to turn that into some leather and make a nice trophy out of it. And you can, I mean, you can get to a decent amount. So, so let's talk about the money. All right, let's talk about it. Florida pays you to go out there and nope. hunt pythons. No, you, oh, you're not. No. So I'm actually an amateur hunter. Um, oh. I, don't, I do this for fun. Okay. So, so licensed contractors are paid by the hour and then also by the snake. So they get $50 for the first four feet of a snake, regardless of how big it is. And then $25 every foot after that. So this snake would have yielded me around $400 had I been contracted. But since I don't live in Florida full time, it doesn't make sense for me to actually get my contractor's license and start doing this. It's a, it's a pretty much a full-time gig for them. Um, those guys are out there working hard every night. I do this as a hobby, so I want people to know that this is just a fun thing for me. Um, there are people that are doing a lot for the South Florida environment, and um, 
like I said, I'm just very lucky that I was the one who was able to come across this thing. Oh man, I bet those full-time hunters were pissed <laughs> when they Daddy, saw oh. that you had this 19-foot <laughs> record breaker when they would get paid by the foot. Did you did you hear yeah. from some of them? Because we we know the Python huntress, and I think she was there when you caught it as well. She was. Yes, she pulled up right as we were grabbing the head on this thing, and she was incredibly helpful that night. She helped me tape up the mouth on this thing so that none of us got Ooh. bit. Um, you know, unfortunately, she she missed the snake by only two or three minutes, so I feel bad for that. But, um, you know, she deserves all the credit in the world for helping me secure this thing and getting its mouth taped up. Uh, but I've heard nothing but support from the community. Uh, they weren't pissed at me at all. They were just extremely excited for me. I am very thankful to the other Python hunters who sent me messages mm -hmm. and congratulated me. Um, actually, I got a call from Dusty Crumb, who was uh, the lead guy on that show, Guardians of the Glades, and that was just a dream come true. The guy who I basically looked up to as a Python hunter uh, called me and said, boys, congrats on the snake. It was just, it was a surreal experience. Talk about an incredible experience. Well, next, we're talking to the woman who helped him tape up the python's mouth. The Python Huntress joins us next with what you need to know if you ever want to get out there and bag a python for yourself. been talking about hunting pythons but it's not just a boys club out there and you obviously have heard about recently uh we had these guys catch the largest burmese python ever in the state of florida when you heard about that what did you <laughs> did you want that one girl i was there what, what? i helped them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i helped them i <laughs> yeah they don't really talk about that part of it we have a guest today I would not want to tangle with her under any circumstances. And I'm six feet tall. And so <laughs> her name is Amy Seawee, and she is known as the Python Huntress. Amy, thank you so much for being with us today. You are quite, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the word is, but you're something else is what I want to say, because you are doing something that most of us stay away from we avoid it i see a python on my screen i close my eyes but this is your wheelhouse that is right thank you for having me first of all i appreciate yeah, it yeah 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 thanks yeah for this being is what here. i do i'm yeah, a python okay. but but how did you you know i understand how matt ended up being a journalist or how someone ends up being a doctor i don't how understand you... how i've ended up being a journalist. I, I was being generous um so, <laughs> <laughs> so how Shocked does one end up being a python huntress Good question. Let me start really fast from the beginning. And it's really fast. So my dad had a profound love for animals. And so he introduced me to all sorts of critters when I was growing up. And I just had this fascination with snakes for whatever reason. And it turned into this passion. So snakes have been a part of my world ever since, but more as a hobby. And then when I learned about the python problem in Florida and how they're decimating the ecosystem, I thought this is a great time for me to use this passion and actually make a difference in the world instead of, you know, it just being a hobby. So that's why I'm here. 
Okay, hold on. I want you to back up because you're talking dads and daughters, which is totally my wheelhouse. What did you and your dad used to do that got you into this sort of outdoorsy lifestyle? He, um, he, we, we would actually go creek walking. We would go into the creek because, you know, things don't want to eat you in, in the creeks there. They kind of do here, but not there. Yeah. And we would just kind of uh, catch all kinds of critters, snakes and frogs and crawdads. He taught me how to fish, you know, and I just this fascination with snakes. I can't explain it. I was always like, why isn't it kittens or puppies or something normal? <laughs> right. You have a fascination with snakes, but these are not the kinds of snakes we really want to be fascinated with because they really are, they are an invasive species and they are decimating the poor little critters that live in the Everglades. So you're really, I mean, in order to, to do some good for some other animals, you have to get rid of this one. Is there a sort of that, are, are you torn? I'm absolutely torn. I hate hate that we have to kill them. There is no other way. Um, but the way that I look at it is, you know, I have, I know a lot about the, the pythons. I'm not afraid of the pythons. I constantly want to learn about them. So I will, I'm a great asset to Florida to try to help them with this problem. So, and I have a great respect for the animal, but also for our, our ecosystem and all of the animals out there, you know, the pythons have eaten about 98% of the mammals and parts of the Everglades. They, they got to go. So let's talk about the way you go about finding these snakes out there, because it's hard. Like you would think if you said, okay, hey, let's get rid of all the snakes in the Everglades, all the pythons, we could send people out, pay them. And in one summer you could take care of it, but they are incredibly hard to find. How do you go about doing it? In this, they are in, so hard to find. They're so cryptic. They spend 85% of their time not moving. So we have to get them when they are moving. So in the summer, we, you know, I've got a truck. I've got the snake deck on the truck. So it's a platform that puts us up a little bit higher. And we've got lights all over the truck. So we go down the roads and levees very slowly looking for the pythons that are on the move. And so as soon as somebody sees a python, yell python jump out of the truck and, and capture it. And so all of them are live captures. So we, we get into some wrestling matches with these snakes for sure. Yeah, what's the biggest one you ever got into a wrestling match with? 17-3. Oh. oh I caught her by myself. By it, yourself. Oh wait, my you God. were alone in the woods with a 17-footer? I was, well, I was technically on the road, but Oh, yes. okay, yeah. yeah. What do you mean I you mean, were I on the road? Well, I was driving down a two-lane highway. It was probably about midnight, and uh, I, you know, I just I go out and hunt by myself sometimes. It's kind of cathartic, and I see this thing. And I was like, "That sounds oh, like what? the opposite of cathartic." But okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it like when you are trying to wrangle a seventeen-footer? It is an adrenaline rush like you've never felt in your life, um, because technically, even though we're not on the menu and she doesn't want to eat me. There's always going to be that one snake that's like, hmm, this girl looks good. I might try a person today, you know? <laughs> so I'm hoping that it doesn't happen when I'm, I'm wrestling the snake, but they could overpower me so easily, but you have to know how to kind of work the animal. And so, is it, and then you can wear them out a little bit. And then once they wear out, it's, it's pretty much over. Okay. So yeah, tell me the strategy in case I'm ever having to wrangle a 17 foot Python. Okay. Because it feels like I would be grabbing this thing's giant head and then it would wrap itself around me and squeeze the life out of me. How do you keep that from happening in the middle of all this? Sure. So I will tell you about the 15 footer that I caught on the side of the road one. So I see her periscoping 
So I go, I thought she was smaller than what she was. So I get there and, you know, I see her head, it's huge. So I pick her up and what I have to do is I'm, I'm holding her like straight up, right? Because their hearts are meant to be horizontally, not vertically. Mm -hmm. So the blood rushes down and they don't have as much energy. But what uh -huh. she's trying to do is wrap her coil around me. So they, they wrap with the first third of their body, right? So if I can keep that from happening, then and keep that that coil from wrapping then i'm in pretty good shape so that's what i did i just had to to keep holding her up and knocking her coils down with my elbows and wore her out that's well you know now we know what to do if we should find ourselves tangling with a 15 just foot in case Burmese python you and you obviously have heard about recently uh we had these guys catch the largest burmese python ever in the state of florida it was a 19 foot 125 pound and the i think it was in the cyprus the big uh, cyprus national preserve what did, when you heard about that what did you <laughs> did you want that one girl i was there <laughs> What? what i helped them yeah they don't really talk about that part of it but um yeah I, up on them. I was in my truck and i pulled up on him when um it was biting at him and he grabbed it and i saw him go on the ground which uh was a little risky but i asked him i said hey do you need help and he said and i don't know which video you saw because there's a short version and then there's the long version and um the short version I, cuts you out yeah. <laughs> See, he doesn't he didn't I mean, want the the little blonde lady saving him. <laughs> oh my god. With three other kids standing there. I mean oh my god. No, they were oh, super nice kids. They're great great guys. Love them to death. But um yeah, so I walked over there and he's like, You have tape, don't you? Because now because if I'm with people, I, I I wrap their their mouths with tape just to take the bite out of it. He's like, I know you have tape, Amy. I'm like, I got tape. And so I told two of the kids to pull the tail. I, I got the coil off of his shoulder. I came around and told him to sit all the way on top of her. And so then I wrapped her, her mouth up. So yeah, I was there. It was cool. That's great. That thing's like, almost four times as long as you. And <laughs> oh my God. So what was, okay. So seeing that one, when you saw it, did you know right upon sight that this is something else? It was pretty big snake. I didn't know it was 19 feet, but it was pretty big snake. Yeah. yeah. But we're in Orlando and we don't really find these things loose up here. Where where's the mark Correct. where there's like a an equator that keeps them down to the south basically? It is like from Fort Myers up to Fort Lauderdale, basically mm -hmm. that line. That's 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 like the subtropical climate line. And so that's where they are right now. I'm going to need Any you guys down south to just take care of these things. I don't want them up We're here. working on it. Please. Nobody wants to see him. No one wants to see him. I do. Amy, I just want to know, have you had a very close call or any close calls or what's been the closest you've gotten saying like, okay, that was a little too close for comfort for me? You know, when we're out there, if, if I've got a hold of a python and it's kind of wrapping me and I can't get a good handle on it, all I have to do is let go. And it'll take off. It'll probably bite me a couple times, but it'll take off. The one time that I really had an appreciation for their power was a nine foot snake. I was holding it. We had just caught it. I was talking to my friend. I had its head and it wrapped its tail around my, my leg for leverage. Like they always do. So it was no big deal. And I'm just talking. And all of a sudden this thing vice grips me, vice grips my calf. And it felt like either my calf muscle was going to explode or my bone was gonna break. 
I've never felt anything like it in my life. And it was only a nine foot python. So it just, you know, even though we know they're strong, they could easily crush us, not in, in a second without even thinking about it. That is a terrifying story. Okay. All right. My Python hunting days are over officially. So Before they started. Amy Seawee, the Python huntress. Uh, you can check her out. She has fascinating videos. If you if you find her on, say, Instagram or somewhere online. All right. Thanks, Amy, so much. We appreciate it. All right. You. Thanks, guys. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.